From Muhlenberg College, this is 2400 Chew. I'm your host, Shakita Griffin. In each episode of this podcast, I talk to one Muhlenberg graduate about their current work and the industry in which that work is done. For this episode, I spoke with Erica Uzaki, class of 21, a capital planning analyst at Citibank. As I do with most of these interviews, I began the conversation by asking how and when Erica became interested in her occupation. So in my freshman year at Muhlenberg, I came with the decision of being an accounting major because Muhlenberg has an advanced and rather rigorous accounting program. So I wanted to go into big four style work and Muhlenberg actually minimized the 150 credit hour requirement for the CPA board into four years. A lot of schools were not willing to do that. A lot were requiring five years. Most were requiring a master's. And when I saw the kind of advantage I would have, having been in school for four years and completed 150 credits at Muhlenberg, it was a no-brainer that I should be here and I should be in that program so that I can jumpstart my career even sooner. And it was also an advantage that I'm a dancer and Muhlenberg had a, a slew of dance classes that honestly made my time at Muhlenberg super colorful. I originally became interested in finance after a few of my accounting courses. I realized that I liked the forward-looking aspect of financial careers. A lot of what analysts do, um, and this is not universal for finance, there are definitely some roles that look in arrears, so they look at things happening in the past, but a lot of it is aimed at what is going to happen and how we can financially prepare ourselves, prepare the organizations that we work for, and just get a better idea as to where the industry, the economy, and the business that we work in is going. Naturally, that was something that was really exciting to me because I look at my future a lot and I know that that's a mindset I live in all the time. So there I switched from accounting into finance and I continued to major in dance in the background. And so what led you to City? I was actually reached out to by a Muhlenberg alum. Michael, if you happen to be listening to this, thank you for all your continued mentorship and support. I really appreciate it. So Michael is another Muhlenberg graduate who was a part of City's what they call FMA program. That's a financial management program. And it's designed for MBA level students and above. And he's been working at City now for a few years. He posted the current program that I'm in, which is the financial analyst program designed for undergrads into Handshake. And I applied through Handshake. And once he saw my application, we had a phone call just talking about what he does what the bank is like. And I got to ask some questions even before the interview process had started, which was really helpful. Just getting me more acquainted with the banking industry, even though I had been majoring in finance, my knowledge of what a practical day-to-day as a banking analyst is very limited. He really helped broaden my expectations of what I should expect going into these interviews, what the job would actually be like on a day-to-day. So having that one-on-one conversation before I even more deeply I started interviewing, was a part of City Super Day process, which is a very large interview day for all of the last round candidates. Having that background from him was the most helpful thing I could have imagined. And if it wasn't for that time we had spent together, I'm not sure where my future would be at City, but I'm thankful that I had that time with him. Is there such a thing as a typical day? You know, especially if you're thinking of that perspective of explaining it to current students who might not be familiar with what an analyst does. Finance is a very broad term 
and banking is a very big industry. So what one financial analyst does, even at City, even in my exact same location of Tampa, what our job responsibilities are, are very, very different. So I'm actually a part of a rotational program. So we spend two years, 12 months in two different teams. So I can give you kind of what my current day-to-day looks like, which means I usually start, um, we're in a hybrid working kind of position right now. So for two of the days of the week, I'm going into the office and sitting with my team together. I really like those days because we're, you know, collaborating in real time, which is great. And then the other three days I'm at home, I'll usually start my day by just looking through what my schedule is and making kind of a plan for any meetings that I have to attend and making sure if anything needs to be prepped and sent out to the advance, that's what I will do. And then going throughout my day, I have projects that I'm continuously working on all the time. And once those projects are finished, I'm usually on to something else. So I plan time chunks throughout my day where I'm working on those individual projects. And then usually my afternoons are more meeting and collaboration filled. And then my log off area of the day is usually between five and six. So once my day wraps up, I actually try to do a little bit of prep work for the next day where I'll take a look at my schedule. And then if there's anything that needs more time prepping, not a half hour in the morning, Mm -hmm. I'll actually do that then. But so I know the next day when my first meeting is and I know what my expectations are before I start the next day with preparation. Right. And so when you think about your work, what are the skill sets, right, that are making you successful in the work that you're doing? Finance is just such a broad organization. There are some roles that are very computational, some that, you know, students with math and even to some extent computer science backgrounds would really excel in. And then there are others that just require a little bit more logic and organization. So students who maybe are naturally very organized can think through a process easily. They'll excel in those roles. They don't need as much of a computer science adjacent background. If I were looking at myself two years ago as a graduating senior, I would probably focus a little bit more time on learning the computer systems that are really important to whatever industry you want to go in. In banking, one of the most common ones nowadays is Tableau. Tableau is a really powerful data visualization tool. And Muhlenberg Career Center offered a ton of free courses on it. And I'm wishing I had taken them up more on that. So I didn't always have time to go back to Tableau, but I'm kind of wishing that I did because now it's extremely important in what I'm doing. And I think that's one specific tool and program that a lot of different people are using because of just how powerful and useful it is to making work more efficient. Because remember, we're trying to work smarter. That kind of drive of our current generation of work Mm -hmm. is being done through these computer tools. So that's a skill, a hard skill that I would have loved to have spent more time at Nuremberg learning. But in terms of soft skills, I think learning how to more concisely present information That's a really great thing to know how to do, especially when you're still in the interview process, because you are presenting information in every interview. You're just presenting yourself. So if you can do so in a really efficient and powerful soundbite, all the more advantage to you, because especially now working in the banking industry and even just in in the real world, I'm noticing people want information very quickly and they want the bare bones. They want to know exactly what they need to then go on and do their work. And if you can present that in a way that's helpful to them, you will be all the more successful in your future. 
you're you're really uh, sharing some gems here. So I appreciate it, you know, in terms of just knowing your industry that you're going into, how the tech relates to that specific industry and the expectations around that. And so how would you say that your job, you mentioned that you're working a hybrid schedule and then maybe even if there's anything that you can say towards the industry, but how has the pandemic and COVID had an effect on that? My first experience with COVID was at Muhlenberg. It was my junior year at Muhlenberg. So this is one of those ways that I was already in Zoom classes. I was already doing Zoom presentations. I was a dancer. We did dance on Zoom. If it could be done on Zoom, it was. So I already felt pretty acclimated to the virtual world at that point. But moving into my current role, I noticed that a lot of the training my company typically provides happens in person. And one of the best parts of that, I suppose, is that I'm in the Tampa location, but there are two other locations that have the exact same financial analyst program. So in a typical year, without any COVID, everyone would be going to New York and spending that time together. We had to do it all online. So Mm -hmm. forging those relationships, people I don't know, thousands of miles away from me, doing that all online was a challenge personally, but I'm still really glad that we had that time together, even if it was in the virtual workplace, because those people that I mentioned who work in the other offices are some of the most talented minds I've seen working in the bank industry. The fact that I get to talk to them, even if it is on Zoom and we had training together on Zoom, that is still a really great opportunity that I got to have, even if it existed in the virtual environment. Yeah. And with regards to banking, um, I'm still very new to the industry. But I'm noticing now we've really gotten into a groove of how do we operate when we're in person? How do we operate when we're remote? And what's the difference? It wasn't this way at first. I could not do it so seamlessly. But now I ebb between being in person and flow into being at home with a lot more ease than I did when I first started. When I first started at City, it was kind of a rough transition of like, okay, I was sitting in a different place yesterday. I was doing something different because I was sitting with people and we were actively working on something together. But now that I'm by myself, do I keep working on that or do I do something with my own? And now that transition's gotten a bit easier. So with regards to how COVID impacted the workplace, it's definitely brought on this new work model of being on our own, but also together Mm -hmm. because as the CEO of City often says, her name's Jane Frazier, she often says we're better together and we should stay together. Finding that balance and finding what that rhythm is like, because it is very different from being online in academia, was definitely a challenge. And I don't want to say it was just for me. I'm sure I'm not the only person who's worked in the baking industry that's had a little bit of a challenge with going in person and then being at home. I mean, would you say that you have to be more intentional about the communication on your remote days and making those connections over Zoom or, or any other digital platform? Oh, absolutely. The effort quality is very different. Also, effort quality is a very dancery word. Okay. So, <laughs> I apologize. See, my, my two Muhlenberg degrees. Really there you go. Just coming it. together. <laughs> it's definitely a different kind of effort. When you're working at home and you have a question, it's different than rolling your chair. I do this all the time. I just roll my chair. Even if it's like a good 20 feet away, I will roll my chair all the way over to that person and ask if they are free and able mm-hmm. to do so. But now you have to ping them. And then it's, oh, is this something we can handle just via messaging? Or is it something you actually want to set up time for? Do we need to do a phone call? And in the time you figure out all of that, 
you probably could have had the question answered if you were maybe in person. Right. So it's definitely um, a different kind of effort, especially when I'm networking and trying to meet people. Doing that on Zoom is different than in the office when I can meet somebody at the coffee machine. Sure. I can meet somebody at the Starbucks food truck. Like you can meet someone anywhere. And that's all a part of networking, whether intentional or unintentional. But it is very different when you're living in the virtual ecosystem. It's not bad because it allows us flexibility as we are continuing to grow our career. But it is different. It is definitely different. Yes. <laughs> and so, again, thinking about your role, what would you say are some of the most challenging and rewarding aspects of the work that you're doing so far? So coming from college into this program, there is a lot of there's a lot of material that you learn in college that kind of enhance your understanding of the professional world. However, there's still a lot to learn. And a lot of it is company specific, industry specific. So things you can't necessarily learn in college. So to answer your question, in my current role, one of the biggest challenges was figuring out that learning curve. And I'm really fortunate that both of the managers I've had in my rotations, both my first rotation in 2021 and my second rotation in 2022, they've kind of really helped me understand City as a whole, because City is also just such a large organization. It took a long time for me to learn. They helped me understand City as a whole and then understand where my work fits into the bigger picture. Because that's not something that if you're just coming into the organization fresh out of college, you're necessarily going to understand very well. I'm really grateful for their leadership and the fact that they've taken time to train me and teach me where I fit in the organization and where our work fits. So that was one of the biggest challenges I had was trying to figure out my learning curve because learning professionally and learning in a classroom are different things. So when I was in my first role, learning about the company because I was brand new, learning about what my role is, learning about the division of finance that I worked for, all of those things kind of together made my learning curve a little steeper. And then by the time my second rotation came around in 2022, I had already figured that out. I already knew some of the best ways to take on learning a new process, learning what a new team does, learning what my new role is, all of those things. I kind of figured out a little more with the rough jumpstart I had from the first rotation. And rough meaning it was just me coming from college into a virtual work environment but I'm thankful for the leadership that I had on that team because if it wasn't for two really intentional and investing managers who took time and like taught me a lot of different things that I needed to understand to be successful, I'm not sure where I would have been if it wasn't for them. From the work that you're doing, again, what's the rewarding side? So that spoke to the challenge, right, of adjusting in the virtual mm. world. But then, you know, what is it that sparks the joy in your work? I love some of the people that I've gotten to work with. I've seen a lot of people in the entire just city organization who are so smart and they can do things in their head that would take me 20 minutes of processing to figure out. And they're like, nope, I've got this. I love every day that I get to meet different people who work in different parts of finance because like I said multiple times now, city is very large and finance is a very big umbrella term. And there are so many people who have different areas of expertise. Some can do mental math as if they are a TI-84 calculator <laughs> and some can explain legal financial jargon like they're reading a Twitter post. It is so easy to them. So getting to meet people with all different kinds of expertise and then learning from them what I want to prioritize in my career down the road has been single-handedly, hands down, the best part of working at City and also in the rotational program. It's opened me up to so many people 
who've taught me a lot about the professional I want to become. And so if you think about your Muhlenberg, you know, journey and experience, what if you can name a few specific parts that you feel best prepared you for life after graduation, whether that's clubs you participated in, specific classes you took, but from the overall experience, what pieces can you highlight? The first one's a little unconventional. I was an instructor for MCDC, the Muhlenberg Community Dance Center, and I performed in a bunch of different productions while I was at Muhlenberg. Being a performer has given me both the confidence and the technique I need to interact with people and leave positive impressions. And I know that sounds like they don't marry very well. The only thing I joke about, and I did this all the time when I was in the overboard guys, I joked about how finance and dance are majors, probably the only two that actually rhyme. But for a lot of people, they don't see the inter the intersect of those two things. And for me, I can learn technique. I can learn systems. I can learn all of that in class. And I have, and I'm thankful for all of the professors I have at Muhlenberg who've taught us Excel shortcuts. For example, Intermediate Council 1. That pushed me to new limits. And I learned so much about Excel that I actually use in my day-to-day. So very thankful for that. But then I had this other aspect of my time at Muhlenberg that was so focused on performing and being involved in the arts and communicating to other people that do physical storytelling in a way that no one else in the artistic world really has to because we use only our our bodies and expressions to do that and believe it or not that is a big part of how you exist in the workplace is how people perceive you when you are physically together so having classes that are academically challenging and have provided me with a lot of background to system but also being a dancer and being an educator too when you're constantly interacting with children you know you have to be very clear with them you have to put on a positive persona and all of that translates really well into working in the office. From your explanation, I totally see the connection there and how the two fit together. So I, I get right. it so far on campus. One one of these phrases that I've heard is that's so Muhlenberg, right? Like that's so Muhlenberg <laughs> that you were finance and dance and a tour guide and, you know, all of these other <laughs> things. And just having that ability to explore your interests and see how they marry and pull different facets from those experiences into your professional, you know, life and world is exactly the outcome, you know, that we love to see. So and so, you know, to kind of wrap us up, what guidance or advice would you give to somebody who's interested in doing what you do? I'm really glad you asked. And there's kind of two prongs to this advice that I would love to give to current students. The first is Muhlenberg is a small school and there are not a ton of big like big, big, big companies who can recognize our name. But that does not mean we do not have a place there. I can't say I'm the first. I'm definitely not the first, but I do not want to be the last Muhlenberg person who ever works at City. I would love to help and elevate new students coming in if they want to learn more about the banking industry or if they want, you know, to learn more about opportunities that City has and why City may or may not be a good fit. Make yourself a part of the conversation. That's a piece of advice I've been trying to reiterate to myself is regardless of the background that you have, if there is a place you want to be, there is someone who is already there and is probably willing to tell you about it. So they might not recognize Muhlenberg, that recruiter, that analyst, that person you're reaching out to on LinkedIn, they might not know what Muhlenberg is, but that does not mean we do not deserve a space in the room. All it means is you have to make yourself a part of the conversation because there is less of a push for smaller school recruiting. 
you can make yourself a part of that conversation. And if you need me to help elevate you, would love to have that conversation. And the second is while I was at Milburn, I spent a lot of time doing different things. And I must say, they were all very joyful things for me. I was a tour guide. I became a tour guide mentor and trainer. I was an RA and then I got promoted up to being an HD in my senior year. And housing was one of my favorite things about Milburn. And I was a dancer and I was an analyst. And I volunteered with the OCE a lot my first two years. And I did the you know physical education programs. Like, and I, I loved those programs. Oh, I was also a barista at Java Joe's. So <laughs> I've done a lot of things during my time it. at Muhlenberg. I do want to caution Muhlenberg students that there is so much that is joyful about Muhlenberg. And there are so many opportunities available to us. Choose and invest your energy intentionally while you're there. I wish I had done a little bit more of that. I have thought more intentionally about what my day to day looked like. Because I noticed once I graduated from Muhlenberg, I took a very deep breath. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize because I was having so much fun and I was interacting with so many people and I was doing so many things that were really great for me and obviously have really positive impacts now a year and a half after graduation. But that doesn't mean you're not going to be really tired and you don't want to start your first job feeling tired because you overexerted in college. And I know that sounds maybe a little negative, but I do want to caution you that with everything that's joyful, there has to be some kind of energetic regulation sure. so choose what you're doing wisely and think about where that puts you in the future and who it connects you with and do things that make you really happy and are going to give you some kind of boost later on in life this episode of 2400 chew was produced by the office of alumni affairs at muhlenberg college it was recorded remotely and engineered in the studios of wmuh allentown pennsylvania our opening and closing music from Cowboy Bebop is performed by the Muhlenberg College Jazz Big Band. <laughs>